0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Wednesday Night Dinner.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Terps Wednesday Night Dinner podcast. I'm your host, Chandler Sheetsley. I'm your
0: co-host, Sarah Hall.
1: And today we have us, uh, Graham. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Graham. Um, Graham uh we'd love to start this podcast with you and talk about their wonderful topic that i'm so excited for today but first we have to start off with our usual high low and gmo so grant start us off
2: brilliant okay so um my high i decided to put on friday i went to um dc to like a red zone there like we played laser tag with a couple of my friends from rtc and um you know it's a couple of 20 21 22 year olds in in the military playing <laughs> <laughs> playing laser tag against a group of 13 year olds <laughs> who so won we we beat them 35,000 to 6,000 oh. <laughs> away and we like it was it was so funny we we were like using like our tactics and stuff and, and like i at one point i did a somersault under an arch oh my and, and one of the kids just put his gun down and was like they're rolling around in here. <laughs> So that was hilarious, Um, and we had way too much fun with that.
1: That's like the true Army-Navy (laughs)
2: thing we want (laughs) to see. So the low, this morning I took what's called the physical fitness assessment for the Air Force, and I got my lowest score ever. Um, which in my defense, like I'm going to use the excuse that the air was really cold. So <laughs> I, I t- like I was having a hard time running, mm. but uh, I'm not really happy with my score. So I'm uh, pretty upset about that. But then my God moment was on Friday, actually on the way to laser tag, which is probably why I did so well was uh, <laughs> I probably prayed my best ever rosary. It was, mm. it was really good. Oh, it's um, awesome. I uh, just reflected on like how beautiful our faith is and like, mm. you know, how, like how amazing Mary is and like, the relationship that we can have with her is really nice, mm-hmm. so I was really happy about that. That's so cool.
0: That's awesome. That is a solid way to start off Ooh. a laser tag game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: and then yeah, and then filled with divine grace, I ended a bunch of thirteen-year-olds <laughs> in a game that's supposed to be played by thirteen-year-olds. Your high <laughs> was their low for the week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: <great>. Incredible. <laughs> uh, Sarah, how about you? How's your week? Oh,
0: okay. Uh, My week was not as exciting as playing laser tag. Um, (laughs) I disagree. um, (laughs) But my, um, okay, I'll start with my low. Um, It's cold today, Mm. and I am having the realization that I have two sweaters at school, and neither are very warm, Mm. and I don't have a jacket. So I'm walking around in a rain jacket today, and so I just need to go home, (laughs) and (laughs) I need to go get some clothes. (laughs) But yeah, so that's my low um my hi um I went on this like retreat kind of weekend this past weekend and met some like really really amazing people um it was one of those things that like I had never met them before in my life and um probably like an hour into like talking to them I knew them better than people I've known for like like a couple of years now, um, which was just like really awesome and just extremely just like beautifully life-giving, um, which was awesome. And then, um, got home from that retreat, um, on Sunday. So yesterday Mm -hmm. from when we're recording this and, uh, decided to kind of continue that like life-giving type of rest by, um, decorating our apartment, (laughs) um, which, Yes, it is 10 weeks into the school year, and we have just hung things on our walls. But in our defense, we're busy and running all over the place, so it's fine. Um, But yeah, it was just a really, really awesome weekend, and I'm just going in this week super pumped about Jesus and everything. Um, And then my um, God moment, also just like these past couple of days, and then like last week leading up to the weekend... um, my prayer has been just like incredibly freeing um just like been doing a lot just like praying and like discerning um and like making choices about um next year mm-hmm. and like doing all of that like within God's will and like having that intention of like okay like what is God's will with my life and like asking God to like I don't know like present that to me and like reveal the opportunities to me that like he has mm-hmm. um and yeah like, these past couple of days especially it's just been like living in a lot of just like freedom in that which is just so cool and like like how it's supposed to be like it's not (sighs) supposed to be stressful um and so yeah that's that would be my god moment for the week that's awesome so (laughs) so good yeah how about you Chandler
1: yeah so um yeah I'll start off with my low which is like uh, really, it's a medium low because, like, I don't really remember a big low this past week. So, that's good. <laughs> um, yeah, it was really awesome. So, I had a balloon launch yesterday. I'm part of the balloon payload program. We launch high altitude balloons um, with scientific experiments uh, tied to them. They're really cool. Um, yeah, and it, it's so cool. But uh, the balloon launches are usually just very long days. We had a long day yesterday with our mm-hmm. launch. So, just up really early, working 12 hours. Um, just come home and just crash. So yeah, yesterday was just, it was really long. It was really great. We had a pretty successful, successful launch. Um, yeah, it was was awesome. Just real tiring. Uh, (laughs) So I'm, I'm pretty drained today, but, um, yeah, we're doing pretty well. Um, my high, um, I participate. Um, in a Dungeons and Dragons uh campaign, yes. I uh homebrew, um, or I, I, I write myself, um, and create the actual story and campaign myself. Um, and this past Wednesday we ran it. Um, I, I, me as the dungeon master, um, and it was so much fun. It was, it was my favorite session to date thus far. It, it's just, it's so fun. It was a great time. Um. Yeah, it's totally great, and I'm totally nerding out right now. <laughs> Sarah stares <laughs> at me. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was great. Um. And then my God moment. So last week, um, similar to Sarah's, actually, we uh, a group of guys that I know started a Marian consecration. Nice. Um. Yes. And it's my first ever Marian consecration. It's it's called uh, Morning Glory. Um, oh 33 days yes yes glory um it's really cool uh i don't know it's it's been it's had real impact on my prayer life just like reading through it um and having a reflection at the end and yeah it's it's totally cool um yeah and i love it and yeah
2: Yesterday was about uh, Saint Maximilian Colby, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the first oh. time I've ever really like learned about him. He's, oh, really really? Cool. he's
1: a really cool Saint. Oh yeah. he's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's also me learning a lot more stuff because I always am on a learning curve, it seems. <laughs> but um, <laughs> That's okay. That's a good thing. Yeah. And so we always we always love to to continue to learn, which is what we're going to be doing today. Seamless transition. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> Graham, what what topic do you, are you we you gonna be talking about today?
2: Um, so the big thing that I want to talk about today is like how Tolkien's faith, how him as a Roman Catholic like manifests within Lord of the Rings. Um, it's one of the most Catholic works of fiction ever, in my opinion. Seriously, even though it's it's very like it's very subtle. Um, mm-hmm. He was great friends with C.S. Lewis. Nice. And uh, as we all know, uh, Narnia is one of the better works of Christian fiction. Mm-hmm. But Narnia is very obvious. Everyone knows Narnia is Catholic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or Christian, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but Lord of the Rings is something that a lot of people just think is like a good story. So mm-hmm. uh, I really want to talk about how that actually is a very Catholic story.
0: Nice. For people who may not have like had the chance to read Lord of the Rings or even see any of the movies, could you give like a... Brief description of, I guess, the concepts of the book, just for some context.
2: Of course, right. So it's like it's like the origin of modern fantasy. Um, you have this fantastical world called Middle Earth. Not so fantastical, but we'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> it's called Middle Earth, and you have these hobbits, which are like little short people, and one of them finds a magic ring, and he has to go on this magic journey with all these dwarves and elves um, into like a, a horrible part of the world, where he casts the ring into the fire to destroy the evil Dark Lord that it belongs to before that Dark Lord takes over the world, basically.
0: Mm. Sweet.
1: It's pretty accurate, yeah. (laughs) That's a good description. There you go. So... when did you first read the books, um, and like, w- what got you hooked?
2: So I, I watched the movies before I read the books as <laughs> oh. a child, um, and I loved them. Mm-hmm. And I didn't read the books until I was in middle school, but mm-hmm. that was like a quote-unquote like read. Like I, I only read them because I liked the movies, and I skipped all the boring parts. <laughs> uh. I read the books for the first time about two years ago during Lent, as I had been advised to do. Uh, I read that someone said that it's such a sad story, you have to read it during Lent. So I've read it every Lent since. But that was mm. the first time that I've really read through it, and um, and it was amazing. Uh, I really loved it. I um, mm. I've been obsessed
0: with it ever since. Dang, it's mm. really cool. Nice. I'd never heard that you have to read it during Lent. So that's, you don't have to, that's, <laughs> or like you should read it during Lent. I've never. That's very I, interesting. Yeah,
1: same here.
2: Well, Father Conrad actually disagrees with me. On really? That, um, because he thinks it's a very happy story. I personally just think it's a sad. It's a very sad story. Huh can't wait to get into this, Father <laughs> Conrad, um,
1: I wonder what he's going to be thinking about what your comment <laughs> earlier about Narnia not being the best Catholic works, <laughs> uh,
0: Christian works, yeah.
1: Oh <laughs> man, oh boy, um, yeah, so what is your favorite thing about the author, uh, J.R. Tolkien?
2: J.R. Tolkien, yeah, so um, there's a lot of things I really like about him. He was a linguist first, and I really like linguistics. His son, Christopher Tolkien, flew in the Royal Air Force. Um, I'm you know, in the American Air Force. Um, <laughs> Perfect. And he was a Roman Catholic, so am I. Uh, he was brilliant. I hope to be that one day. <laughs> 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 um, and, and yeah, I, I love the story that he wrote, and I love him as a person, even though he was a bit grouchy sometimes. Um, much more like Erasmus than uh, than like Jesus. But um, <laughs> but yeah, he's a great guy.
0: So would you say, you said, yeah, you believe Lord of the Rings is like, yeah, like greatest Catholic. It is the Catholic fiction. Yes. yes. So like, I'm assuming like what that means is like, yeah, a lot of like Tolkien's faith comes out in that. So like, could you speak right. a little to like, talking about how it's like a man- manifestation of his faith and like where that kind of comes into play?
2: So he di- really disliked, um, allegory. At least he said he did. Can he you does-
0: define allegory for people? Yes. yes. So
2: it's uh, it's basically the way C.S. Lewis writes. Um, <laughs> he, it's it's like symbolism almost. Mm-hmm. In a in a where you write something that is supposed to mean something else and judging on how explicit or subtle it is, the reader can usually pick up on that. So okay. for example, the biggest source of allegory in C.S. Lewis's writings is Aslan is Jesus. Okay, you know, cool. That's like, Spoiler <laughs> alert! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's like the, the thing that you take away when you read Narnia is Aslan mm-hmm. is Jesus, that's allegory. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, Tolkien talked bad about allegory, but a lot of people suspect that that's such a front, and that he also wrote in just a subtler level of allegory. Um, and, and we can get into some of that. In Lord of the Rings, I have, I've kind of divided this into three tiers. There's some surface-level Catholic allegory, some medium-level, and then some really deep stuff. Cool. Um, but just to kind of go into the surface-level stuff, so there's some, some nice ones. Lemba bread uh, is the easiest one. Lemba bread in Lord of the Rings is the elven way bread that the elves give to the travelers. Oh. Um, and it's, you know, it's a one bite will fill your stomach for the entire day. Uh, mm. And there's a joke in the movies that wasn't in the books, but I, I very much appreciate this being in the movies is the hobbits um, are told that it, you know, one bite fills your stomach for the entire day. And Mary turns to Pippin and says, so how many did you eat? <laughs> he says six. <laughs> 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 and then and then you can hear one of their, their stomachs like uh, like kind of going funky. So, yeah, that uh, that was a funny one. But um so Lembus, I mean, it's clearly the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, it's, it's way bread, it's very stale and, and thin, um, but one little bite of it will sustain you for an entire day. Mm. Um, and the the two hobbits, Frodo and Sam, um, they are almost entirely sustained on Lembus bread for the entirety of their, uh, of their trip. It's pretty cool. Uh, other ones, Sauron, the Dark Lord, is destroyed on the 25th of March. Which in Old English tradition is the day Jesus was uh, Jesus was resurrected. Really? Um, Yep. Oh, that's like a a that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Another one um, when so when after there's a battle at uh, at Minas Tirith, uh, Aragorn, who's the you know the king of Gondor, but he's in exile. He goes into the city in undercover, and is healing people, and there's a woman named Ereth who is like this old woman who is around like the healing stuff, mm-hmm. and she keeps going around and telling people like, "Oh, the hands of the king are the healer; like he's going to heal everyone," and uh, that's considered to be like a reference to the woman at the well, um, like the Samaritan woman. Oh. Uh, and if you read it, I, I I wish I could describe it better. If you have to kind of read the way Tolkien describes her and yeah. the way that she interacts with people, but it's it's pretty um it's pretty clear once you once you look at it in that light.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, right. another thing. Um, Sam, so Frodo at one point has to climb a mountain uh, to get the ring into the fire, and he's too weak to keep going. So Sam uh, utters the famous line, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. And he picks Frodo up and carries him up the mountain. (gasps) That is, you know, Frodo is Christ, Sam is Simon.
0: um, Oh my gosh.
2: Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff. I could could go on and on and (laughs) on. Like uh, Gandalf returning... Um, and then he appears in front of Legolas, Gimli, and Aragorn. That's, like, this transfiguration. But then also, like, his face is too, like, his his face is blinding. They can't look at him. Um, That's, like, Moses coming down from Mount Sinai. Ah. And and Gandalf is literally coming down from a mountain when he comes and sees them. There's a lot of stuff like that
0: this is blowing this my is mind <laughs> <laughs> okay well this ra- is just the surface
2: go, level go, stuff. Say, go
1: rapid fire hit us with everything else you got for service level
2: well so that that's like that's those are the things that i wanted to talk about okay level cool stuff. cool okay, okay.
0: Uh, so like start. okay before we get into like a little bit like of the deeper stuff like where did you where did you begin to learn all of this is this like something like as you were reading you kind of picked up on it or like as you've like kind of just looked into tolkien himself like like, where does that come from right. for you?
2: So there's so much scholarship about, about Tolkien just because he was such a fascinating person and his writings were so profound. Um, but a lot of this stuff, it just comes from different sources. So I've read books on Tolkien. I've read Tolkien talking about himself. Some of these things I've discovered for myself. Other things, most of them I've, I've been told by other people. Um, I'm taking a course next semester by a resident professor at Maryland who is an expert on Tolkien like by trade. And he told me a lot of this stuff because he's also, he's also Catholic oh and, uh, and we had a long, great conversation about this where I learned about a lot about this stuff, That's but so it's cool. great. Yeah.
0: That's crazy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's, it's really awesome.
1: So you had, you had originally said like you you know, picked up interest in it. Like what got you into like looking for this deeper, um, uh, allegory that you were talking about in the books?
2: Well, I'm an obsessive person um, <laughs> <laughs> by nature, and uh, and so I I tend to, I tend to really appreciate things that I can kind of intersect uh, in like my interests. Mm-hmm. So I got really into my faith. I got really into Lord of the Rings around at the same time, and I decided to to look at how the two are connected.
0: That's really awesome. That's awesome. So could you speak a little bit more to like I guess the two like deeper levels oh, that you haven't course, gotten yeah.
2: to yet? So a big thing. Have you guys heard of the um, the prophet, priest, king, like trifold office of Christ.
0: Yes. Perhaps.
2: Do you want to talk about it real quick?
0: Oh, gosh. Oh, this is like bringing back my Bible study knowledge from like two <laughs> weeks ago. Um, oh, goodness. I feel like you're going to be able to explain it a lot better. And I don't. Wanna, uh, yeah, like... I,
2: did, I did just have to, to research it a little bit to refresh my memory. Yes. Um, so the idea is that in the Old Testament, there are three like types of figures that carry out God's will. Mm-hmm. They are prophets, priests, and kings. And then Christ fulfills all three in, uh, when he comes to Earth in mm-hmm. the New Testament. Um, he is both a prophet, a priest, and a king. So in the Lord of the Rings, Gandalf is the prophet, Frodo is the priest, Aragorn is the king. Um, and that's, that kind of is in their behavior. Uh, but all three of them are the most Christ-like figures in the story. And they they take up those three different um, those three different ways. So Gandalf is an advisor. He's you know wise beyond all measure. He seems to never like know any wrong. He seems to be in communication with something higher. Oh. Um, Frodo is the one who acts in the like he he does small works of kindness. He reprimands Sam when Sam isn't being like you know a nice person. Um, <laughs> he shows you know a lot of mercy to to Gollum in very small like incremental ways. And then Aragorn is the king. I mean, that's, that's pretty explicit. Um, mm-hmm. He's the king. And he's a virtuous king.
0: Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then all three of them have uh, moments during the plot where they are quote unquote resurrected uh, and they go through like a Christ-like resurrection. Whoa, so whoa. Gandalf's is the easiest. He literally dies in Moria and is reborn. Um, oh my gosh. Frodo at Weathertop was stabbed with a Morgul blade and then was taken to Rivendell to be healed. Mm-hmm. And that's, he, he, like Aragorn, no, Gandalf said at one point he was literally like almost dead at one point and then Elrond brought him back from the Paths of the Dead. And then literally the Paths of the Dead, Aragorn goes to the Paths of the Dead um, in, in the mountain range in between Rohan and Gondor. Mm-hmm. It's, that's in the movies as well as the books. And um, he talks to that, like, army of ghosts. He's literally in, like, the underworld at that point. Um, but he comes out on the other side wow. and, and comes back. So, wow. so all three of these messianic figures um, have their own little resurrection story.
1: Sarah and I are staring at each other <laughs> with our mouths agape. Like, this is
2: blowing... Ar- this is so cool. Right, yeah, we it's really awesome. never thought about it like that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. If you need any more... Um, any more convincing that Tolkien did actually put his conscious faith into
0: this uh, Oh yeah. Story. Do you have any do you have anything else, like other other details?
2: Right. So we're kind of in the medium level right now. There's a lot of stuff like um, you know the battle between good and evil a lot of people take that for granted nowadays in lord Mm -hmm. of the rings but that wasn't necessarily an extremely common thing um like people didn't write stories about the battle between good and evil it was like everyone was writing realistic fiction back Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. um you know and there's like things like mercy pride the problem like like the the vice of pride you know corruption from sin uh redemption like boromir Mm -hmm. you know he's he's corrupted by his own pride and greed and then at you know, he has this moment of self sacrifice where he gives himself basically to defend Marion Pippin and that's like his redemption, you know. Um, and, and so there's a lot of like very like Catholic themes like that, not necessarily explicit things, but themes that we kind of take for granted today in modern like fantastical fiction. But that's stuff that Tolkien really put a step forward to write into his book. Mm. So
1: what's this deeper level than But yeah like this is level, <laughs>
2: yeah what is, what is so the, deep? Uh, the creation story of Middle Earth I'm not sure have either of you read the Silmarillion no um, so I'll kind of summarize it real quick the creation story of Middle Earth is you have this this character <laughs> named I- Eru Iluvatar who's like this you know pseudo being that just creates a song and then he like he creates like things called Valar and they sing the song with him but then one of them wants to make its own song and so it goes off into this other thing and you know that that thing is called melkor and he's like the (laughs) bad valar and it's very it's very convoluted but um it's it's at surface level it seems like a kind of like a fantasy version of our creation story Mm -hmm. uh first there was light and then he created the world and then this one bad Valar named melkor comes and tries to corrupt it and stuff Um, And at surface level, it just kind of seems like Tolkien is making up a creation story for filler. But you have to understand the first thing he ever wrote about Middle Earth was actually had nothing to do with Lord of the Rings. It was a story about an Anglo-Saxon king named Alfred II, whose name in Old English means elf friend, by the way. Um, Mm -hmm. Alfred II... And he disappeared or something in real life. But Tolkien wrote a story about how he took a boat with all his trusted retainers and sailed west. And this is like a separate book. It's the first thing he ever wrote about Lord of the Rings. Okay. He sailed west and landed in Middle-earth and was the first man to set foot in Middle-earth because the elves were already there. And, oh. they, and so that's how men, the race of men, got to Middle-earth. And that's the first thing he ever wrote. But that means Middle-earth is Earth. And, and, like, what happened was he went back in time. So the idea between, b- behind Middle Earth is that it is Earth before the, the, the Old Testament, um, before, like, the creation of our continents and stuff. And everything that Tolkien writes about, Earth, about Middle Earth is basically just Earth. So this character Eero Iluvatar is God. And everything that happens in Lord of the Rings happening, is happening here, just like a couple thousand years ago. Oh. Um and so that kind of changes the way that you look at a lot of these things. So Melkor is Satan. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, he has this relationship with the elves. The elves are in this continent called Beleriand and um and they all go to their like their own little country which if you've read Lord of the Rings you understand that that's like the West. Mm-hmm. Um but they're all kind of like perfect little angel figures until Melkor comes. And he corrupts one of them. And then that character you know, does a bunch of things that leads to the fall of elves. So elves have their own fall story um, that's parallel to Adam and Eve's fall from Eden.
0: Oh. Uh, and, it, and
2: it supposedly happens at the same time. Um, but the elves as themselves are basically angels. And in the Silmarillion, it goes into the idea that men, when they die, like elves don't know what happened to them and they don't understand men at all. Men have free will, elves do not. Um, men can oh. go to heaven, elves stay on earth, and they just they just kind of vanish when they die. And so they don't understand that, and it leads to a lot of um, anger between men and elves. Um, and, and then, so this continent Beleriand, which is before Middle Earth even, uh, it's kind of conquered by Melkor, who's a Satan figure, mm-hmm. um, and the elves fight him for a while, but they lose and lose and lose, and then the Valar, which are like the archangels almost, come and destroy it, it all. And, and they capture Satan and they throw him into the vaults and, and, and lock him up there. And so that's kind of like the apocalypse almost is that oh like, oh my gosh. They had this whole losing battle, which is our life here on earth, is, is one long losing battle to Satan. Um, and there are, there are times during the Silmarillion where the elves win and there's like something amazing that happens but in general they can't seem to ever win until they have help from God basically comes and wins the battle for them and destroys Satan and casts him into hell.
0: Oh Um, my goodness. (laughs) So it's...
2: Yeah. So cool. It's very explicit uh once you realize that he's writing about Earth mm-hmm. and he's writing about um about our own creation and and gods and, and, and Satan coming down and tempting us and et cetera, et cetera.
0: That's huh. that's absolutely insane. And that's just so cool how like yeah, like as you've said, like it gets deeper and deeper and deeper mm. into like right. into yeah, like faith and like what that actually looks like. Wow. Has that like I don't know, as you kind of like learn this stuff and as you've like read it more and like since you've read it like multiple times, like has it um like impacted your own like personal faith and like the way that like you, I guess, have like gone about like your own like prayer or like relationship with right, God and stuff?
2: Um, coming back to Lord of the Rings, I think that there's just a lot of things that Tolkien writes in dialogue that are very profound. For our like you know Christian journeys, mm-hmm. um, Gandalf has a lot of great quotes. There's one I'm sure you guys have heard of when Frodo and Gandalf are sitting in Moria talking about Gollum, mm-hmm. and Frodo says like, you know, oh Bilbo should have just killed him when he had the chance. And Gandalf is like, should he have? You know, like Bilbo's like mercy might have like you don't know what Gollum's gonna do. Like he might have some sort of part to play in this, um, and and in fact, Bilbo's mercy might save us all. Uh, and he says, you know. Many d- who live deserve death, and you can give that to them, but many who die deserve life, and you cannot give that to them, so you shouldn't oh. deal life or death um yeah. in judgment
0: yeah. and you know
2: that's very like <laughs> catholic very very catholic <laughs> church um and that's something that ki- I kind of bear in the back of my mind uh in a lot of my like faith. life, there's a lot of great things like that. Yeah. The, the next conversation they have right after that is Frodo kind of gives up the whole, I wish Gollum had died. And instead says, I wish none of this had ever happened to me. Um, to which Gandalf says, so do all that live to see such times, but it's not up to us to decide. All we can do is to, you know, decide what we're going to do with the time given to us. And, um, (laughs) wow. Yeah. I might've misquoted that a bit. But there's a lot of great Gandalf stuff. Another one he says that uh, that's really Catholic and really Tolkien is, um, he says that it's not the great acts of you know great men that define the you know that, that beat evil. It's the small everyday actions of, of little hobbit like folk uh, that will defeat evil in the end, and that's you know that's true. Oh my gosh. I, I need no to go read this. this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a great, great series of books. Mm-hmm. Really great read. And, uh, and there's so much stuff that you pick up on it.
1: So you, you've talked a lot about the books. Um, as a person who has seen the extended editions to the movies and dearly love them, um, how do the books compare?
2: So the movie's biggest difference from the books is that the movies are kind of action films, mm-hmm. um, sure. which, you know, for better or for worse, a lot of the movies are like fight scenes, and that's just not really how Tolkien tried to write Lord of the Rings. There's not a big emphasis on the fight scenes, mm-hmm. but you have to capture an audience. I will say that the movies, I'm very happy that they were made. Uh, they put into song a lot of Tolkien's like poems and stuff. Yeah. Um, the music in general is amazing. The art is amazing. Yeah. They very well captured the very like what Tolkien was trying to do mm-hmm. um and so I, i'm very happy that the movies were made mm-hmm. and and you know the acting's great the costumes are great uh it's just there's just a little bit too much emphasis on the violence and like the mm-hmm. the, the, the battle part mm-hmm. which is not really what Tolkien wanted the the books to be about sure that
0: makes sense yeah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense it, yeah it's like the hollywood mm-hmm. right. of of something right um what would you say, like yeah what would what would have tolkien like wh- what does Tolkien Tolkien focus on like what's the other side of that well, if in the
2: books if you've read the books recently, you'll remember that a lot of them is like a lot like a lot of material in the books is description of like landscapes and like poems and like mm-hmm. songs that the characters sing um he really liked writing poetry, he really liked writing music mm-hmm. and um and a lot of people get a little fed up. I know my mom <laughs> literally just skips those parts. Oh, um, oh. <laughs> because it's, 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 you know, you don't want to hear about that kind of stuff. You want to hear what happens. But, uh, but it's really his best work, in my opinion. Oh. Um, the story itself is just, if you really look at it, it's just a nice story about two humble figures, Frodo and Sam, going on an incredibly arduous journey, where they do the impossible and and throw down an evil figure. Yeah, um, that's what the story is, and it's it's very nice.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. And but like and but he like really does a like a great job of like building that world. Yeah, mm. throughout all I of mean, his it like was writings. His life. Yeah,
2: it was his life.
0: That's awesome. That's so cool. That's seriously incredible. If someone isn't convinced uh, after listening to all of this right now, could you give like a I don't know twenty second elevator pitch of like. <laughs> to convince people that like this should be their next like read um i guess or like the next thing to add to their book list
2: well i think that tolkien's prose is very high quality and if you want to read something that's just a a very good high quality book in general lord of the rings is the way to go but i think if you're a catholic it's it's very fulfilling to to see a lot of the faith ref- reflected in his work so
0: perfect that's great there you go <laughs> that,
2: that is <laughs> my next uh book list
1: to to get um, <laughs> my goodness i had no idea any of this
0: yeah i haven't read this since middle school and i feel like i need to go back and read it like four <laughs> times over
2: well i would actually recommend that if you want to get back into lord of the rings you read the silmarillion and the hobbit first okay um and f- mm-hmm. as father conrad will tell you He would recommend that the Silmarillion be read in German. I don't recommend that. I do not speak German, so... As
1: someone who does not speak nor
2: read German, I do not think that is the path I will follow. He tells me that he listens to the audiobook in German because he thinks it sounds better. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I don't... Like, the book was written in English. I don't don't know why he thinks... But whatever. I mean, I'm not going to stop him. That sounds cool, but (laughs) not for me.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for talking about this And enlightening us of course. I, I absolutely cannot wait to go read this And think about all these connections now Yeah. Uh, it's dude, so exciting
0: This has been awesome yeah. Thank you so much <laughs> Yeah,
2: right. I loved being on here and talking about it I'll talk about this stuff all day <laughs> Well, friends, um, that's been
1: all for the Wednesday Night Dinner Podcast uh, We will see you all next week See you guys Bye, Bye.